Hi, I'm Casey Hobbs, host of Nurse Talk Radio, one of the thousands of nurses on duty today. Here's what we're talking about this week. We mentioned earlier that the legislative process is one that requires patience and persistence. Each year, hundreds of pieces of legislation are brought up for consideration at both the state and federal levels. We've spoken often about health and safety legislation that has been co-sponsored by California Nurses Association and other nursing organizations across the country. Most have to do with patient and workplace safety. Among the most notable laws supported and signed into law by then-Governor Gray Davis was California's nurse-to-patient ratios bill. Davis signed the law in 99, but it was not implemented until 2004 after a long fight to win the Safe Staffing and Quality Patient Care Act. This year, there are several bills introduced here in California that are being sponsored and supported by nurses. Here with us to talk about those bills and give us a little education about the process is California Nurses Association legislative advocate Stephanie Roberson. Stephanie, welcome to Nurse Talk, and thanks for being here. Absolutely. Hi, Casey. Hi, Shane. How you doing? It's always good, good, good to talk to you guys. Thank you. So first off, can you just give us an overview of the nurse-to-patient ratio bill and what impact it's had on patient care in the state of California? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I think the best way to describe the impact on the nurse-to-patient ratios in California is looking at the numbers. So in 1999, when we passed the law, not in effect until 2004, as you stated, 1999, we had 246,068 nurses, active licensees in the state of California. We took a snapshot, fast forward to 2012, there were 375,924 registered nursing nurses in the state of California. So exactly, there's an uptick of 129,856 new licensees to the state. So if you want to talk about building the workforce, I mean, the nurse-to-patient ratio law was a direct effect of that. If you look at today, we have over 430,000 registered nurses here in the state of California. So it's amazing. It is amazing. So Stephanie, give us an overview of the legislative process. Who decides what bills will be sponsored or authored, and then what happens? So what we do um, is we have different committees set up within our organization, uh, and namely the Legislative Regulatory Committee is the body of nurses that are elected to the board to decide what key issues are of utmost importance to the nurses. So those ideas, of course, 90% of those ideas are generated from the hospital itself, from the facility. What's going on, you know, uh, with patient care? What's going on with the nurses? How can nurses deliver better care? And, you know, we kind of talk about issues. You know, the GR, government relations staff, uh, we have input in that. And we basically kind of go over the different issues that are happening. We have a meeting. Uh, We usually meet quarterly to talk about those issues. We put forth a set of recommendations uh, with our nurse input, and then we decide on the legislation that we're going to carry, and that's what we've done here in the last couple of months. I just got to say, Stephanie, it seems like it's a mind-numbing process to get it through, (laughs) and I'm glad that somebody is there doing it because I know it takes like a really long time and it's really tedious, but it's so important that it gets done. Because that's what makes a difference, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, if we're if we don't do it, who's going to do it? That's I mean, we've sure. got to take the positions that we have to take. I mean, you all spoke about the nurse to patient ratio a lot. If we didn't follow Arnold Schwarzenegger to every event that he had, every fundraiser, 
to let him know he can't mess with the nurses and he can't mess with patient safety, then we might be in a different place today. So we have to lead the fight and we're going to win. And we've been successful at doing so. Absolutely. And then speaking about some individual pieces of legislation coming up, tell us about AB 2272, which is introduced by Assemblymember Thurman. What is it and why is that necessary? The bill is necessary um, because we're looking at, again, you know, what's happening in the area of work, workplace safety and how can we best protect both patient and healthcare worker. And this is actually not new. We've learned um, back in the 80s, the New York Times did an article on this whole issue of surgical plume. CDC and NIOSH had also uh, developed some recommendations on how to evacuate this noxious plume. So um, any time there is a surgical procedure that involves, you know, cutting through bones or cauterizing tissue, there is literally um, a surgical plume of smoke, a byproduct of the tissue being um, burned that actually contain toxic gases and vapors that, you know, plume up into the air. Exactly. That's why we call it a plume. It's literally a plume of, of, of vapors. So in that plume, it's benzene, cyanide, formaldehyde, really bad words here, that are in this plume. And it's so carcinogenic that one study equated um, the toxic plume of just one gram of tissue being burned. That's equivalent to a person smoking three to six cigarettes a day. Wow. So that's how carcinogenic this stuff is, exactly. So over time, it develops into ocular issues and respiratory problems. So we're tasking our uh, Cal OSHA to develop regulations to evacuate this very noxious plume and gas. Boy, it's important because if you think about somebody who does knee replacement surgery or mm-hmm. elbows or anything, and you know th- these folks are doing many a day. Um, that's outrageous. And you want their eyesight to be really good. <laughs> I would not I would not want them to be having visual problems due to the plume of the smoke when they're going to get operate on my knee. So how's that's that? A good thing. How's the bill progressing? The bill's shaping up, you know, we're, it, it's in its early phases. And so the bill's going to be heard uh, April 20th in Labor Committee at 1.30. So, um we expect to get full passage from the committee. We're doing all of our due diligence in the background, getting our support and you know, making sure everything's lined up. So we'll keep you up to date as that uh, bill progresses. That's going to be my new excuse anytime I do something wrong. That noxious plume got in my eyes. Uh, you know, I, I made that mistake because I was working in surgery yesterday and that noxious <laughs> plume knocked me out. <laughs> Did I tell you guys this stuff is bad? One nurse um, some years ago actually developed HPV in the throat. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, Stephanie, let's take a look at SB 1076, and this one has to do with observation units. Do you Can, uh, can you talk about that and why it's so important? Sure. I think um, we spoke about this some time ago. Um, this is a reintroduction yeah. of a similar bill um, in previous years, but we've tweaked it a little bit. Um, you know, as you guys know, these outpatient units are not subject to many of the laws and regulations designed to ensure patient safety and adequate staffing standards, these outpatient units are basically gray areas in the law. If you go to a hospital and if you have something like a um, heart palpitation, sometimes in those situations, if you're post-op even, they'll put you on observation. But if you come in and are not quite sure what's going on with you, they'll put you in this area of observation. So you're not sick enough to get fully admitted into the hospital, but you're not well enough to go home. So those, they're 
physical areas in the hospital where they house these patients, and it's not subject to staffing standards. Like we were just talking about nurse-to-patient ratios here uh, just a second ago. So that's quite, of course, it's important to, you know, making sure that nurses are able to maintain enough patients to provide adequate care, to provide safe care, and that's where this isn't happening. So we want to make sure that the patients at least are armed with the information to protect themselves and know that they're not actually admitted to the hospital. You know, I can't say enough about this. I just had this happen to a patient uh, this week who was put on observation days. The patient is unaware. It looks as if you're being fully admitted. And then you don't qualify for services on the back end. So this is really harmful, and it's really happening to many of our Medicare recipients. So this is important legislation. Very important. You, you, you hit it on the head. And that's why we have the support of you know, California Congress, seniors, great Panthers, because they know if they can't find out as soon as possible to advocate for themselves that they're actually not in observation. And what's tricky is you can have an observation bed, as you all know, in, say, an ICU. So if you're, you know, sent upstairs and most patients think that they're admitted to the hospital, well, that's not the case all the time. And their long-term stay is impacted. And yeah, Medicare won't pay for it. So it's a huge deal. Yeah, it's really problematic. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, friends. All right. Well, we've been talking with California Nurses Association legislative advocate Stephanie Roberson. For more information about this topic or about National Nurses United, visit nnu.org.